morning. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you for being with us today. Um, you know, I think um, if you have um, been a Christian any, for any length at all, um, one of the things that uh, uh, we desire, one of the things that, that we want in our lives is simply to be able to hear what God is saying. Simply to be able to know that, you know, the decisions that we're making are, are those that are authored by Him. And they don't come from someplace else, and um, they're not our own uh, making. And, and we just want to really be able to hear God. And I hear, I hear people ask that question all the time. You know, how, how do I know? How, how can I know um, uh, what, what God is saying? And um, I want to read one verse of, of Scripture this morning. And um, I just think it capsulizes what, what I feel led for us to, to talk about today really, really well. Look at um, uh, Isaiah chapter 30, if you want to. And I want, to, I want to read just verse 21. Just verse 21. And Isaiah is, is, is speaking here under the leadership of the Lord, and he says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. One more time. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that it? I mean, really, isn't that what we're, what we're looking for this morning? That sounds so simple and would be so good that, you know, no matter what I'm doing or where I'm going, if I turn this way or turn that way, that the voice of God will encourage me and will direct me, and he'll say, this is the way. Amen. You know, this is, this is where to go. This is it. Let me tell you, your pastor search committee is looking for something that profound and that simple this morning. Because as Brother Eddie said so well a while ago, um, we could blow this. And that, that is not our desire. But God won't. God, God will get it right. And to know that we have a God who wants to communicate with us as simply as Isaiah puts it here this morning, to me, has got to be encouraging when we run into those situations in everyday life and we just go, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm just overwhelmed and I don't know. There's good news today. And I want us to, to kind of discover that together. There is good news when it comes to this subject of of being able to clearly hear and clearly understand God. The first piece of good news, I think, is, is just as, as simple this morning, but it's just as important. We serve a God who talks. 
We serve a God who speaks. Now, now guys, there are elements of Christianity today. There, there are people who profess to be born-again Christians and, and, and certain denominations even who would contend, they would argue with me this morning, and their contention would be that God doesn't talk anymore. That when the Bible was concluded and it was canonized and we have that, we have his word, and um, in the Old Testament he spoke audibly, in the New Testament there was, he was there in the form of Jesus, and now we have the Holy Spirit, and so God no longer speaks. <clears throat> and I just got to tell you this morning, with all respect to people who feel that way, it's just not true. And it's not true because it's contrary to the nature and the personality of God. It it's the complete opposite of really who he is. Think about it for just a second. God begins the Bible talking to Adam and Eve. God ends the Bible talking to John on the island at Patmos. On the day of Pentecost, ordinary men suddenly and miraculously can speak in every language in the world so that God can speak to other people who don't happen to live in Jerusalem that particular day. God, Jesus tells us that, that, that he will leave physically so that the Holy Spirit can come and the Holy Spirit can live in me and it can live in Byron and it can live in Barry and we can go three different places and the Holy Spirit's still there. It transcends time and, and space and there is no barrier to God being able to communicate with us this morning. Frankly, if God doesn't speak, then one of the dumbest things we can do is pray. Because if God's not going to talk back when I talk to him, then all I'm getting is hearing myself talk. My wife would tell you that's not a good thing. Seriously, if God does not speak, one of the most foolish things that we could do would be to pray and expect that we're going to get some kind of answer or some kind of revelation. Even more importantly this morning, if God does not speak, then one of the cruelest things we could do is to tell someone that they can have a personal relationship with Jesus. That, that would just be mean. That would be cruel. If we served a God who was detached from us and, and did not care about communicating with us, and then we tell somebody, hey, you can have a personal relationship with God himself, that would be very, very cruel. Because a relationship is contingent upon communication. There are a lot of factors that go into a relationship, but 
the one thing that you have to have in order to have a relationship with anybody is some form of communication. Some people substitute that. They have a historic appreciation for God, but they don't have a relationship. I have a historic appreciation for people and uh, uh, big figures in Texas history. I, I like that. I, I read that stuff, and when it comes on TV, I watch that stuff, okay? But I don't have a relationship with Davy Crockett this morning, you know? And if I tell you I do, you probably need to get me some help. People can substitute a relationship for an acknowledgement. A lot of people say, I believe there is a God. I believe that God exists. I even believe that Jesus came and died on the cross. But without communication between that individual and the Lord, there's no relationship. Melvin Bryan and I, if we don't have some form of communication, we don't have a friendship. We can acknowledge that each other exists. But without communication, there's no friendship. There's no relationship there. That's not the case with Melvin and I. Okay, in fact, we're in a therapy group together. When the Cowboys play, we text each other when they really mess up. You know, I make sure Melvin's still okay, he makes sure I'm all right, you know. So during the fall, we have a lot of communication. A relationship is dependent upon communication this morning, and our God wants to have that with you. Is that cool or what? I mean, really. Of all the ways that God could spend his time this morning, he wants to spend it in communication, in fellowship with you and me. Here's the other good news. Believe it or not, we really can hear God. We were created to hear God. It's a part of our DNA. It's, a part, it's, a, it's an internal part of how God forms us to be able to truly communicate with him. John tells us in chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me. They know me. He, Jesus uses that, that illustration, you know, that, that sheep can be um, in, in a pasture, in a group, whatever, but when the shepherd calls, they listen. They, 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 they register with that. God built us that way. He didn't leave that out. And that's really good news this morning. That as, as um, inadequate as we may feel sometimes, and as imperfect as we know that we are sometimes, the one thing that we can be assured of is that we can hear God. We can communicate with God. And communication is kind of like 
like any other form of, of language or um, uh, anything like that, you know, it, it doesn't always start out the way that it ends up. We start out as young Christians with immature communication with God, and, and hopefully we grow to a point where our communication becomes more mature and we're able to understand more and we're able to grasp more of what God wants us to say. You, you know, it's, it's kind of like baby talk versus talking as an adult. We have to grow in that. It's a process. It doesn't, it doesn't automatically uh, come to us when we uh, first acknowledge our need for Christ as our Savior. That's something that we have to practice and we have to grow. Um, my kids have always called Coach Hill Papa Coach. When Chandler was a baby, he couldn't say that. And for, I don't know, several months, he called Coach Hill Oach. That's all he would say, mere Oach. Well, he grew a little bit, and he added his vocabulary, and Oach went to Paca Oach. Not Papa Coach, but Paca Oach. And that was really cute when Chandler was 18 months old. If he's still doing that at 18 years old, we got a problem. We need to mature in our communication. There's immature communication we can have with God. One of, it, one of the ways that we can have immature communication sometimes, what I call the people that have a message a minute. You've seen them. You've heard them, okay? It's, it's like every few seconds they get a revelation from God, you know? Well, I, I was driving down the road and God just told me to go to Sonic. And I was going to get a Coke, but God told me to get a Dr. Pepper. And when they brought that Dr. Pepper to me, it was half price. Now, I'm convinced if God had not changed my mind, I wouldn't have got that drink at half price. Now, folks, that's not for me to judge whether or not God really told that individual to have a Dr. Pepper. But I'm going to say it's remotely possible that they were there during happy hour. And all the drinks are half price. Some people try to communicate with God uh, through the point-and-shoot method. I've, I've, I've seen preachers even encourage this, that you've got a problem, you've got a question in your life, you just take your Bible and you flip it open and you point right there and that's what God wants to tell you about that particular situation. That's real good unless you're asking about your business and you turn and the first thing you see is chapter 11. God, am I supposed to, I, I think this is the one. God, I, I, I want to marry this person. Is she going to say yes if I ask her? And you point and shoot and the first thing you read is Jesus wept. That might be immature communication. Sometimes we can be immature in our conversations with God when we substitute our own conscience for his voice. All of us have a conscience. Again, something that God gives us. 
People that don't know the Lord still have a conscience. But we don't ever want to use that as our determining factor. Because what's our conscience supposed to do? Our conscience is supposed to help us discern or tell the difference between right and wrong. God never intended that for us. And some of you looking at me funny. Let me, let, me, let me say that again. Our conscience tells us right from wrong, but that's not the choice that God intended for us to, to make. God intended for us to choose between him and ourselves. You remember the Garden of Eden? There's two trees. There's the tree of life. And there's the tree of good and evil. And the Lord told Adam, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to have to choose between good and evil. That's not a good choice. And of course he did, and we know what happens. And, and we know that Adam and Eve had to leave the garden after that choice. And, and read it when you get a chance sometime in Genesis. God says, we've got to get them out of there before they eat of the tree of life and they live forever with nothing but these two bad choices. Yeah, God removed Adam and Eve from the garden because of the sin that they committed, but he also did it out of his mercy and his love for them. He said, no, that's not going to work. We don't want that to be the only choice that they and um, the rest of mankind ever have. So this morning when, when we're faced with a decision, we don't want to just rely on our conscience. We want to aim higher. We want to hear God's voice. How do you do that? How do you do that? Three ways I want to share with you quickly this morning. First one is this. We have to make communication between us and the Lord a priority and not just a pastime. Our communication with God has to be a priority and not just a pastime. And they're real easy to tell the difference, okay? I like to fish. I do that when I can. That is a pastime, okay? If I get to go, great. If I don't, that's okay. Life goes on. I like to fish. That's my pastime. I have to work. If I don't show up there, there are problems, okay? We don't eat. We don't pay bills. There's a routine that's been established that I am required to follow. It is a priority for me that I have to do on a regular, ongoing basis. Sometimes in my line of work, I get real frustrated with people who try to parent by crisis. 
If a crisis, if a crisis occurs uh, within their family, man, they'll jump in there and they'll get all involved in their kids and then six months will go by and you can tell there's been nothing going on whatsoever. And they wonder why their kids don't listen to them. We don't need to be the kind of people that pray by crisis. We don't need to be the kind of people that only come to God when we're in trouble or we need something or we want something. Communicating with the Lord should be a priority in our lives and not a pastime. Secondly, this morning, communication with God is a pursuit, it's not a proclamation. To, be, to grow in maturity in, in our relationship with the Lord and our conversation with God, I have to pursue that, okay? I have to be active in that. I have to go get it, in other words. I can't sit there in my recliner and wait for God's booming voice to say, Cody, this is what you should do. That's my best God voice right there, Okay. Thankfully, God didn't really sound like that. Now, I talked about going fishing a while ago, or that I like to fish, okay? If I'm going to catch fish, I have to pursue them, right? First of all, I got to go where they are. Fish are not in my living room. And as much as I would like to cast from my recliner, it's not going to work. I have to go where they are. If we're going to hear God, then we have to be where he is. Well, where is he? He's at the same place he's always been. He's in this book. He's in this building. He's in the hearts and the minds of people that have a relationship with him. Okay? God's not, God's not that hard to find. He's really not. He didn't go that many places. I have to pursue that. I have, to, I have to run to it and not just say, oh, I want this, and so I'm just going to wait until God tells me right where I am. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen like that. If we want to really get intimate with the Lord, if we want to really understand what he's trying to tell us and show us and lead us to, then we have to do that in his environment, not mine. Not mine. Third thing is this. Mature communication with God is a purpose. It's not a personal agenda. When I talk to God and and I'm all consumed about my little life and my little problems, and that's all I talk about. That's immature communication. I've got an audience. Think about this just a second now. I've got an audience, a one-on-one, -on -one sit-down audience with Almighty God who thinks greater than I do, who thinks higher than I do, deeper than I do, who, who has an imagination 
beyond anything I could possibly ever conceive, and I talked to him about my little problems. And I never say, Lord, what's on your mind? What do you want to say? I just keep going and I keep going and I keep talking and pretty soon I've said amen and I think I've prayed and really all I've done is gripe. I missed it. Here I had a few moments alone with the creator of this universe and I never ever let him talk back to me because I wouldn't be quiet. We really want to hear what God wants for our life. We've got to first understand what he wants to do from a much bigger perspective. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, then all these other things will be added to that. All the other things, all the details, all the Cody stuff will get taken care of. I promise you, I, I'm not going to forget you. I can handle that, but if you'll shut up for just a minute... I'd like to tell you what's really going on. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard God say things very similar to that to me, and, and I've had to just go, whoa. You're right, Lord. <laughs> That's funny, too. God really loves it when I tell him he's right. But it hits me that way. Yeah, you're right, Lord. Here I am talking about X and you want to talk about Z. Here I am talking about black and you want to talk about white. Here I am talking about me and you want to talk about someone else that I need to be concerned with. We've got to move beyond a personal agenda and find the purpose of God. One more piece of good news this morning. We can have that communication. We can learn how to listen better, how to speak better. We can get that uninterrupted audience with God. But in the history of the world, do we realize this morning that that's still a relatively new thing? It didn't used to be that way. No, it used to be that one poor soul, one time a year, had an opportunity to pursue God, and he could go into the temple, and he could go to the very back, and it was anybody's guess whether or not he was going to come out of there alive. He was the only one. The high priest was the only one that could truly have an encounter with God. There was, a, there was a barrier, there was a petition that kept people like you and I from actually getting to talk to God face to face and heart to heart. But that's not what he wanted. And so Jesus put himself on that cross. And he tore that barrier in two from top to bottom. 
Now, we don't have to wait. We don't have to prepare. We don't have to get somebody else to go and, and, and try to speak on our behalf. Now we're on a first-name basis with the Lord himself. Immediate access. Phone lines can go down. The Internet can go dead. But that temple veil is not there anymore. That thing is gone. If you don't know what that's like to really be able to sit and communicate with the Lord this morning because maybe you have that historical perspective or you have that acknowledgement but you really don't have that relationship man alive don't ever forget Jesus died so that you could have that don't leave here today without that our service concludes come talk to Byron come talk to Will or to me or whomever that's the last piece and the greatest piece of the good news. Jesus made it possible for us to talk to him and for us to hear his voice. Let's stand together as our music team comes. Let me pray. God, we thank you today for your never-ending, um, never-wavering commitment to be able to personally deal with each and every one of us. God, you, you, you literally removed anything that would be in the way. And we thank you for that today, and we ask you, Father, to help us to grow, help us to mature, help me, Father, to, to see a bigger picture than just my own little world. God, that when I'm privileged to be able to talk to you, that I would have the awesome, mind-blowing honor of hearing what's on your heart, what's on your mind. What a great thing for a mere human being. God, we love you and we thank you and we ask you to deal with us right now and we ask you to help us respond however you'd have us to in Jesus' name. Yeah.